Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, Joe Waters here, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And of course, I'm on the line with Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey. Megan, I have my virtual reality headsets on today. I was just going to tell you, I'm looking through my Google Cardboard. That's right. I'm, I'm looking. I have my headset on, and you know what you're doing? You're feeding me grapes. What? You, <laughs> what? you just you just threw a drink in my face. <laughs> that sounds more like it. <laughs> I thought virtual reality was supposed to be fun. But one thing we do know about virtual reality is that it can be used for social good. And on the line with us today is Gentry Lane, who's the founder of TDO Production, a company that specializes in virtual reality for social good. Hey, Gentry, what's happening? Hi there. Um, I'm not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was so interesting when I was listening to you talk, I was listening to some of the things you recorded on your site about uh, virtual reality, and I was like, I was like, holy Moses, you can do everything with virtual reality. You were talking about you can be in your own skin. You can be in someone else's skin. I mean, how interesting is this stuff? You can time travel. You can teleport. And you can switch places with another person to actually see the world through somebody else's eyes. So, yeah, this is why it's the best medium uh, for for cause marketers or charities or NPOs because uh, there's an immediate um, empathy, an immediate immediate understanding of another another world or another position Mm -hmm. so give us the give us the lowdown i mean our audience i don't know i'm not sure how much they know about virtual reality i only know a little bit about myself although i learned a lot from going to your site and 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 learning about tdo can you you know give me the beginnings of like first of all one of the things that megan and i are really curious about gentry is how the heck do you get into something like this how did you end up in virtual reality yes Yeah, my first job in VR was 22 years ago, actually. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a 21-year break. And then then we had to wait for the consumer headsets to become available to anybody and not expensive. So now you can get a Google Cardboard for free or people often give them away or for very, very inexpensive $10 or so. And then you can get the Samsung Gear, which is the next level up. And that one is either $99 or, again, usually when you get a new Samsung phone, you get the headset for free. And then there's, um, yeah, I know. And then there's the next level up, which you hear a lot of talk about, the Oculus or HTC Mm -hmm. Vive. Mm -hmm. And those setups are a little more expensive. For now, the mobile ones are my favorite because, yeah, they're just, they're easy. You can take them anywhere. They're wonderful on planes. And, And the thing with VR, people say sometimes it's isolating, but it's it's not. It's the shiniest toy in the in the toy chest. You want to do it and then show somebody else. So. That's so funny you said that because my husband just heard a Google speaker this week and brought home a Google Cardboard. So mm-hmm. literally one morning it was myself, my 11-year-old daughter, and my 72-year-old mother in the kitchen like, how does this thing work? And we're like all passing it around. Oh, I'm flying! I'm flying! Okay, just look uh-huh. at the wolf and click the button. Like, it was so cool because we, we could all figure it out once we figured out what we were doing and it was just a really neat experience. So I, I agree. It is a um, a shared experience. Yeah. You, you no, know, Gentry, one of the things I'm interested in about these headsets, and and, and I, I saw you talking a little bit about it, like we all think of like these headsets that people wear now. 
tell me in a couple years or even just like five years, what are those headsets going to be like? Are they just going to be like a pair of glasses or something like that? Yeah, and there's even work on contact lenses. Wow, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's definitely the way that it's it's not going away. It's not a fad. So, you know, when cell phones started out, you have to think about them. They were all big and clunky, but, you know, we loved them, and they were very useful, and we integrated them into our lives very easily, even though we thought, why would we need to have our phone on us all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you were saying, too, that any technology that can be used for porn can be used for anything and will survive. Yeah, that's that's the test, right? Exactly. So <laughs> that's, that's your like, like that's your phones. that's your big line. I I saw you know like you talking about that. I saw her medium, and I saw it at the Mashable Summit too. Where you were talking about that, but but you but you really believe this is something that's an enduring technology. Yeah, absolutely. It was just always a question of um, of uh, the price. Like, could people get a, a headset for not very expensive? And I always say that you can divide the world up into two kinds of people, mm-hmm. and that's people who um, know about VR or people who haven't yet tried VR. Mm-hmm. I wanted- the, minute, the minute you try it, you're, you're sold. It's that dazzling. It, it impresses everybody. It turns everybody into, from skeptics to... Um, to Believers. And, yeah, and to enthusiasts in just a matter of seconds. I want to I ask about the social good piece, though. So the, these little apps, we were just kind of playing around in the, in the kitchen the other morning with this Google Cardboard, and it, it comes with some standard apps or what have you. But how, what, what is, how is this being used for social good? What have you seen? What are you working on? Well, the charities are very slow to adopt this, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yep. I know. I know. It's the story of my life trying to get um, uh, get the big old dinosaurs of what I say, big charity, um, into, into, you know, innovative ways of mm-hmm. doing good. But, um, you know, it's, it's really a no brainer because, you know, the best case scenario is, uh, making a really compelling, what we have before pre PR was, um, was having a, uh, really good video and then spending a lot of time on advertising and getting, you know, getting some good play that way. But with VR, you know, making a, a VR experience really compelling, like full bells and whistles, costs about the same or less than a commercial, and you don't have to buy the airtime. Huh. So it lives forever. Mm-hmm. It's always dazzling. Nobody tunes it out like, you know, you do when commercials come on TV. And like you said, the audience reach is a lot bigger than people think simply because it gets passed around. Right. So, right. But do you have to have an app to design? I mean, you're saying it costs about as much to produce as a com- commercial, but the things that I've seen went through an app. So is it commercial production plus an app or does that all is that all one package? It's usually all one package, and there's a couple different ways to deliver it. So, yeah. Mm. And everyone has to have a headset, too, I assume, right? That's that's how it works. Well, or the card. You don't have to have a headset. With Google Cardboard, you just have to have a phone. Any mobile phone will do. And if you come to the Cause Marketing Forum, we're going to give you one there. So, oh, cool. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Okay. But here's my other question, though. So, and this is top of mind because I've written an article about apps and I'm producing a webinar on apps. And apps, like, you can't just put them out there and people will come. It doesn't work that way. Mm. So, what are the promotion channels for virtual reality and doing something like this? Like, I I get, I, I was being a little bit snarky earlier saying that nonprofits hadn't, I was shocked nonprofits hadn't signed on yet, but it seems seems like a giant undertaking because not only is it a commercial production, it's an app, and then it's some sort of promotion. So how do all those pieces work together? 
No, you're absolutely right. But this is the good thing about um, working with charities and NPOs and NGOs because they have, number one, they have giant mailing lists. And uh, this is something of value that you're sending to your to your um to the people on your list. So whether it's an email with a direct link or, um, you know, old fashioned snail mail saying, look at this, you can do this, you can download this now. Or the other thing is, um, it's not coming out until fall, but we're having a channel and it's going to be called Grassroot TV. And we'll have a, a website, an app, and you'll also find it on YouTube. So we're curating all this um, content together. So it'll autoplay. So you'll be able to watch different experiences from different charities or different causes. And, and make a, your target audience the person who is already into learning about how to help others and already disposed to pro-social behaviors. We'll be able to watch these things group together back to back. It's like our, our own our own charity channel. It's yeah. wonderful. And, you know, one of the things that you really – and this uh, uh, listeners should know too, and we'll put this in the show notes. Gentry has a couple of great articles on, on Medium about virtual reality, and, uh, and she talks about how – just how powerful this is, both in creating empathy and uh, and generating emotions. And you know, you said at one point um, too that um, that virtual reality is something that can relieve uh, post traumatic uh, syndrome, or it can create it. It's that powerful. Yeah, it's true. It's it's that real. Our brains and our eyes react in reality exactly as if it were happening in real reality. One of the things my studio does is integrate a call to action right within the app, right mm-hmm. within the VR experience. So we don't even have to have people take off their headset, log into a website, click donate. You can actually do it while you're in the middle of the headset. Wow. How do you do that? Now, you, uh, it's this tricky little thing we specialize in, but you just look and tap and boom. You'll, you can pay directly. You can do a lot of things. It's not just uh, it's not just donate, but it's mm-hmm. also um, you know sign a petition, uh, tell your friends, yep. um, just anything you can do from your cell phone. We can do we can do in VR. Yeah, that's awesome. And so tell us, um, you know, one of the things I'm curious too about uh, virtual reality is like. You know, it, nonprofit adoption of a lot of things is is slow. I mean, I still have you know nonprofits that come up to me and they're like, "Do you think I should be on social media?" And yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, you have those questions, and you know, there's actually probably a good case now for not being on social media. But I could, I think there was a good case three years ago. Uh, you know, so I think I I could come at it from a lot of perspectives. So so let's conclude anyways that nonprofits are kind of slow adopters on something like this. What do you think? It's sad. It's sad because this is actually the best use case for VR. Yeah. You know, right right now people are using VR to make zombie apocalypse blow things up in outer space. Do we need more of that in the world? No. We need more understanding, more human connection, more helping. And um, yeah, this is this is the perfect medium for that. We're a little desensitized to commercials on TV or, you know, call 1-800. We just, yeah. it's, we know that's not so effective. But this one, this one is really a silver bullet. Right. And so what would you say nonprofits need to do now to prepare themselves for virtual reality? What do they need to do well? Well, call me, number one, so we can make them one. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, and anybody who's an early adopter will be in on the golden age of VR. So mm. any content that you make now will be living forever, number one. And the best part of it is, like I said, there's not that much good content out there. So something that's made of like high commercial value gets a lot, a lot of play and a lot of pass around. So it's this is really, the time is 
the time was actually last December, but the time is now. <laughs> it was then, but now it's now. Yeah, it's old um, news yeah, now. now. <laughs> well, but I think that's a really big selling point is to be an early adopter. But I, I do understand it comes with a huge price tag. I know that AT&T um, has done something with their It Can Wait campaign to discourage drivers from texting and driving. And they do a simulation through residential neighborhoods and with their phone. Um, and they're missing people walking across the street. And then they ultimately cause an accident. So um, are there other uses that you've seen that you think are particularly clever? There's a lot. I'm uh, I'm super excited about um, augmented reality, actually. I'm super excited about telephone calls that are done in in VR and, mm-hmm. and AR. How do you so, do that? Yeah, and what's a, what's a, and explain to us too, Gentry, what the difference is between augmented and and uh, virtual reality is. Well, virtual reality is when you put on the, the headsets, they're a little bit clunky. I think everyone's seen them by now. And the, the outside world goes away, and you're, you cross the, thre- the portal to another universe, and it's, um, it's completely immersive. And AR is the opposite. You stay in your familiar soundings, like surroundings, but then you bring in a different element. Um, one of the, we had a really good, uh, I was working with a client um, we're about to go forward on, and they wanted to do a docu- VR documentary uh, that followed the day in the life of a migrant family, and they wanted to show us, um, you know, inside the family's home and then go to their original uh, family home in Mexico and uh, film it all there, film the family meeting up and they haven't seen each other for a long time, which would be touching and awesome to be a part of that. But we decided to wait until augmented reality got a little bit, little bigger and better um, market penetration because now we can take that same family and put them in your living room and have that, that well, joyous, it's like a hologram. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have that joyous <laughs> I'm going to beat myself into your living room, Joe. <laughs> no, I got enough time with you. That's all right. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to have options. Also, like, you know, you can have a person come and talk to you in your house. You can have somebody from a third world country. You can have somebody from the future say, this is what happened because we didn't pay attention to uh, our environment. You can, you can, you know, have them come to you. It's, it's different, it, yep. but they both have really good use cases. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's, it, augmented reality is when you really overlay the physical world with digital content then. Yes, you okay. heard exactly backwards. You I'm totally digital content <laughs> on the real world. Yes, ah, I'm totally good. doing that, yeah. Joe. Well, you know, um, because I saw yeah, this even I saw this, and you know, and there was some interesting European companies a couple of years ago. They were doing something with like history stuff, so that you could hold up your phone to like um, a historical site, and then on your phone you could see what it would look like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Oh, there's, and all of these are coming out to these apps as well. It's really nice. So like, we don't have to, we won't be looking at our phones so much anymore. We'll be looking up, which is a little better. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm all for human connection and I think we spend too much time staring at our phones. So. Right. Right. But you should definitely not wear a headset when you're driving. Uh, no, but we will. Unless you're driving a smart car. No, it'll be integrated into cars. So our wind, windshields are going to be the screens. Cool. Yes. You know, so instead of instead of driving the Mass Pike into Boston, I can take like I'll be on a drive in Paris somewhere or something. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. No, it's more like um all the all the it's dashboards. Like a map. On, yeah, yeah, it's like a map we'll, yeah, maps will be in front of you, so you don't have to look down. And dashboards and everything will be up, up on the glass. Wow, yeah, that'd be an incredible day. How far is that away? Oh, it's I've seen prototypes already, so. It's just, uh, you know, when is it ready to roll out on the market? Mm. I'm not sure. I but want, shortly, next I want, couple of years. 
I want to know what happened to Google Glass. That was like such a cool thing. And then I feel like that just died. Yeah. And Scoble was wearing his all the time and then he threw it out. I know. Yeah. So what happened with that? They're still there, but the next iteration on it is is much better. It just didn't do a lot. That was the main thing, yeah. you know. So was that so more? The next- was Google Glass a better example of augmented reality? Exactly. Yeah, that's ah, okay. augmented reality without without a lot of functions. So, so right. confusing. There's going to be a quiz at the end of this episode, you guys. Oh, absolutely. Huh? <laughs> we could have we could have a whole session on this at Cosmocan and Forum, Megan. Totally. Well, VR is the one that everybody's talking about, and now there are literally millions of headsets out there. So, I mean, there's uh, 25 million Google Cardboard downloads of the app you were talking about. So 25 million people at least have experienced the, that version of it. I, I want to go back to something that Joe had asked you and just ask you to talk a little bit more about it. And that was basically, what are the first steps? So besides calling you... Um, how can people educate themselves about virtual reality? What are you reading? What are you looking at? What are your skill set? What's a skill set for success too? Oh, um, well, theater actually. So like a regular person can't make VR. It's just, it's complicated. You Mm -hmm. have to have uh, special um, cameras that you don't use regular, regular cameras. Um, and you're you're filming in 360, so it's it's kind of tricky. You really need to hire an agency to do that for you. But right. come come into it in mind with the most compelling story that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. If you can that you want to just transport people, because you know you, we all know how it is. We've all gone and worked um, out in the in the fields, or work, gone and worked um, you know in in impoverished. Um, um, places and you can take first world people and drop them into those third world places and mm. they can see immediately you you almost don't need words anymore it's it's the real best um, version of show don't tell right. well you know one of the things I love Gentry is the historical uh, applications you know I'm involved in an organization here in Boston called the Bostonian Society which runs the old state house and out front of the old state house was where the Boston massacre happened in 1770 and I can see people out there with their virtual reality headsets on uh you know checking out like the original scene and what it was like to be there that night mm-hmm. yeah yeah but there's a lot there's a lot of um, experiences that are like that now i like the idea also of going forward in time and showing people like what will happen if we don't you know cut emissions or, ah. or change change behaviors yep yeah. No. So there's a lot of applications there, and like you said too, you've really stressed like how important it is and how impactful it is on people when they actually do it. Oh yeah, and then the trick is to have a um, call to action right then and there. So yeah, what kind of people- call to action? So you were talking about donating. Are there other calls to action? Because I would imagine this is a good awareness building. Yeah, and modifying behavior. So it's not just awareness. It's just saying, here's a step that you can do now. Here's something that you can do now. And it's, you know, it's individual to what every cause is. But, you know, dream big and, and we can make it happen. This is a super powerful technology. Very cool. Well, Gentry, this has been really, really fascinating. If people want to find out more about virtual reality and you and connect with you, how might they do that online? Uh, our website is TDO Prod, so short for TDO Productions, like Tom David Oscar Productions. And if you Google, I think we'll probably come up top. Um, and or you can just reach out and email me direct. It's my email is so simple. It's my first name Gentry G E N T R Y at TDO Prod, short for Production dot com. 
Excellent. Thank you. And we will put that in the show notes. And Joe, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, they can also visit SelfishGiving.com. And I do have a Pinterest board, Megan, on augmented reality, examples of that that we've seen through the years. So people could check that out at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, uh, Megan? Where can people find you? You can find me beaming myself into Joe's living room. That's right. <laughs> and on Twitter ah! at Megan Strand. <laughs> I also tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And we should mention two things about the Cause Marketing Forum, Joe. So first of all, you're going to get a Google Cardboard, which is super cool. And second of all, guess who is introducing the Halo Awards luncheon? Who? You and me. That's right. <laughs> so you got to come to watch that. Yeah. Uh, that I don't even know what to call that dog and pony show. That's right. I'm go- you know what I'm going to do, Megan? I'm even going to let you talk a little bit. Oh, you're so you know? nice. Because you're always saying that I'm, I'm I'm pushing you out and talking too much and stuff like that. So I'm not I'm, saying that. Other people say that the- too. <laughs> <laughs> when we're in front of all those people, I'm, I'm finally going to give you a moment in the sun. Well, here's the thing. I control the AV, so that's right. I, I got yeah. the end there. That's I'm just going to mute your mic. Yeah, yeah. Judgey would say that too. The technologies, if you control the technology, you control the world. That's right. It's true. That's, that's right. true. Yeah. Media is. Media is the most powerful tool we have right now. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation. We will definitely look forward to uh, having you back on the show when we have some other examples to share. And on behalf of Gentry and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 